And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. Um, as always, I am uh, Bob McDonald, uh, the Cleveland State columnist at More Than a Fan Cleveland. Uh, you can catch me at uh, cleveland.morethanafan.net. And as always with me, I have Jimmy Lemke from Panther U. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And as always, you can definitely catch us on fourlights.fm and you can catch us on iTunes and tune in and we're on Stitcher now. So wherever you, whatever you're using, just whatever app you're using, we're there. We had a lot of a lot of demand for Stitcher, I guess. People were really looking for us on Stitcher, so we got on Stitcher. And we're on SoundCloud. We are actually we are actually in demand on SoundCloud, so at least we got that going for us. We're getting, hey, we're building subscribers. You know, we're technically still only a week into this. This is true. It's really, it's, I mean, episode three is being recorded, or episode, yeah, episode three is being recorded. Today was the 17th, mm-hmm. just a day after, or just a week after episode one and two were recorded. So, yeah, we had so a big, just, for those of you just joining us, obviously we had the big supersized, uh, uh, double episode week this week uh we had so much uh we had so much talk about uh the uh, good discussion between uh about the uh, metro series that we just had to create a standalone episode for it so uh so that's what we got to, so i'm sure that will probably yeah. happen in here but um you know we'll, we'll probably Eric keep Jones it and for coming on and doing that with us absolutely again. Great, great discussion between the two. Absolutely. Um, we were but, expecting it to, to devolve into just a pie-throwing pie contest, but not so much. We have a pretty great talk about basketball. and It was a really good discussion. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, before we yeah, get into everything that we're going to be talking about today, um, we got to start off with some sad news. Um, as many of you know, Andrew Smith, the uh, former Butler player, uh, he passed away earlier this week. So uh, obviously our condolences to the Smith family. Um, you know, I know Butler is no longer in the Horizon League, but, you know, it, it's it's a loss. So Yeah, uh, I, they're still family to us. You know, all the Marquette people, you know, well, when they added Butler to the conference, I had a lot of Marquette fans coming to me like, "What should we expect out of Butler?" And I said, "You expect a, you expect a program full of a lot of people who understand how to how to make it work. They they're great people from top to bottom at Butler University, and for them to have to go through this, it's just it sucks. Um, I only got to meet Andrew Smith in passing a couple times. He was a very nice guy both times, obviously. But um, I think what I'll remember most about Andrew is that he personified everything that they built there as far as the Butler way is concerned. You know, this is a guy who really played hard-nosed defense, just always practiced his shot and hit shots that I just hated that he would be able to hit because – I always didn't think it was talent, but it, it wasn't talent so much as it was practice and perseverance and experience. And, you know, to, to lose a guy like that, it's just you, you hate it. You hate it for his family. You hate it for Samantha, his wife. You know, I, I've I've been following the blog since she started writing it last year. And it's just it's 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 too bad. But, you know, life goes on. It's. It's something that, you know, you just have to deal with loss as part of life. And mm-hmm. I feel bad that it had to happen to such a great guy, but 
I'm glad that I got a chance. I, I had the pleasure of, you know, watching him play for so long, and I'm sure you did, you know, you were happy to have seen him play several, you know, big battles with Cleveland State and with us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. – I, I, losing Andrew kind of reminds me personally of, you know, kind of the, you know, this this – I don't know, it's kind of like a family, you know, these horizon league people, you know, where there's a lot of us that, you know, there, there's, there's not a lot of us, you know, probably mm-hmm. you all of the fan bases of all the 12 schools that have called the horizon league home in the last, you know, last eight years and, or five years even, and probably wouldn't even come close to, you know, some kind of big 10 sized fan base at like Ohio state or Michigan. But, Together, you know, we're all very passionate about our teams and we're all passionate about the conference. And I'm glad that we were able to experience the time that we had with him. And, you know, it was a lot less than, you know, the people that love him the most and his family and friends, teammates, Coach Stevens and Matt Graves and, you know, the whole Butler program. So I, from, from us to you guys, you know, our condolences. And, you know, I, I personally just wanted to say that I was – it was a privilege to be able to experience Andrew Smith, the basketball player for as long as I did. Well said, well said. I don't think you, I don't think we need to say, I mean, that's you you pretty much said it all right there. Thanks. Yeah. Um, And so, and so, you know, on that somber note, we continue on, as they say, with the games that we play. Yeah. I I want just one little thing. I would say that if uh, if you can, please uh, give to your charity of choice for cancer research. Um, I've, I I gave to the MAC Fund this week after that, and the Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer. We uh, we actually in my neighborhood do a something called Candy Cane Lane where we uh, put Christmas lights up, people drive through, and we collect donations for childhood cancer research. So. Uh, make sure that you know if you you know give what you can at some point, just so we can get rid of this. Because you know between Andrew Smith and then outside you know outside world you have David Bowie and Alan Rickman and all these people are just and you know, Lemmy. Yeah, and Lemmy. I mean, cancer sucks. It's just it's just the worst, and we need to do what we can to just get rid of this crap. I'm so tired of seeing good people you know leave us far too soon because of something that we should be, you know, sinking every last dollar into to try and see if we can research a fix. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so basketball. (laughs) So basketball. Um, Yeah. um, Let's move on. Um, You know, the big news this week was the opening win the first ever conference win for Northern Kentucky. So it's very cool. The Northern Kentucky being the brand new team in this conference. I was, I was happy to not be the team to lose to them. <laughs> I guess is what I would say. Yes. Yeah, and, was... and the winner in that sweepstakes is surprisingly enough, Youngstown state. Youngstown state never disappoints when you need a loss. I guess. Youngstown there for you they will do what they can to help you out 
And we talked about last week about when, you know, how they had to change things up and when exactly the other, was there going to be another, was there going to be another shoe drop with them? And it turns out it was Thursday because the, um, Northern Kentucky dominated that game. I mean, that was, a. And they're not going to be a big. I mean, they're. Ju- I know they're just getting into the conference. I know this is. They're still a year away from officially being classified as Division One because they're still on the provisional period. But man, they they're not going to be an easy out for anybody because they they beat up on they beat up on Youngstown pretty well a bit well. They eighty four eighty four sixty four, and you know you're you're looking at a very young team. You're looking at a very young coach. Their coach is, I believe, what forty one years old. I mean, he's just he's just starting out. Brandon is brand new. They got they got rid of the old coach. Um, the the former coach was something of uh, he had a little bit of a reputation as far as recruiting is concerned. So sure, sure, it yeah. Could be, Getting ready to be in Division One, where scrutiny is much, you know, much more potent. Probably, uh, for, you know, on the, on the landscape. But you know, John Brandon's there to win. He's not. He's not coming in to just put together. You know, go through the motions. He's he's there to put together a team, and he's got he's got pieces. Uh, yes. I think we forget that while they're they are brand new, they we think that maybe it'll take them a long time, but. And the same on the same token, I mean, even Velpo took a few years to really get it going in this conference. Mm-hmm. It was till 2010-11 where Velpo really, um, really kind of pushed forward and became the program that we had all thought they could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, um, and they're, they're needless to say they're on a they're on a steep learning curve, but it looks like they are acclimating a little faster than I thought they would. Um, a lesson learned yesterday when Northern Kentucky played Cleveland state and Cle- and Cleveland state at, at, during certain stretches of that game had absolutely no answer for that, that their three pointer. And they were, they were pretty prolific yesterday. And sure. if not for the fact that, um, but as as a new team, obviously they're going to have some growing pains. They didn't have; they're going to have those kind of, you know, sputtering times, as as it were. They obviously didn't have that against Youngstown State. They won by twenty. But Cleveland State, once they finally got around to clamping down on that defense that we're supposed to be seeing from Gary a Gary Waters team all the time, um, they were they didn't really have an answer, and so. I mean, now you you have to think that at some point in time you know they might figure it out and they might figure it out and kind of bite uh, bite the Vikings and uh, at at the Wolstein Center when they come for the return trip but um, they're going to be a surprise I, I think they're going to be a surprising team and I don't think they're going to be the the last place team now at this point. Yeah, I think that I think it's a pretty safe bet that your last place team is the team that we played yesterday, the Milwaukee uh, Dismantle, which is young star, excuse me, uh, UIC. Yeah. Um, UIC. They've got a lot of problems. Yeah, that's no. – Steve McLean's going to have his word cut out for him. Um you know he he's got a he's got some he's got some some talent out there obviously but um 
it's going to be a it's it's going to be a rebuilding a major rebuilding for him so um i I figure you're going to have to give him at least a couple of years well kind of surprising to me and I, i think that some some fan bases should keep note of this is you know uic was in the conference semifinals last year so while they were definitely towards the bottom of the barrel as far as the talent that was in the in in the conference, um, this was a team that was not a bad program no. whatsoever. They were definitely building. I mean, it took hard more a few years, but he got there. I mean, I mean, he was he was getting there. So I'm not so worried about UIC as much as maybe I should be. I would have been as the head coach, it may have taken it. He may have just had a longer learning curve. Yeah. What I'm saying, we're kind of learning on the fly here and seeing that maybe the grass isn't always greener on the other side, because as we look at it, you know, UIC, they got rid of Howard Moore for a guy that they think is a better, better coach. But I mean, really how much better can you expect to be? There's, there's no learning curve for Steve McLean on being a basketball coach because he's been the coach at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So you always you always see things as better. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody when he talks about getting rid of a coach, they always expect that the next coach is going to be better. Yeah, that we'll be able to hire a better coach next time. So the that you know we have the people over here. I call it, we call them some of them call them pearl dead enders. Mm-hmm. I think pretty solid name because you get people who just they they think that Jeter is not Pearl and he never will be so we might as well give up and start with a new guy and they always talk about it as if that next guy is going to come in and he's going to and he's going to kill and you never know that sometimes you're going to end up like get it sometimes you'll end up with a guy like you know I mean obviously it's way too early to say about the Steve McLean era at UIC but they were definitely having a much better year last year and a much better program than they are, you know, this season. So maybe Howard Moore was about to get it going. Who knows? Just don't always expect that when you get rid of a coach, you're just going to go in and hire, you know, the next John Wooden. Yeah. I think a yeah. lot of people always talk about it, like that's what's going to come through the pipeline. Yeah. Well, I mean – what you what you said is is really true because you, most recent examples you had um, you know Youngstown State that got rid of John Robich replaced him with Jerry Slocum. Cleveland State got rid of Rolly Massimino replaced him with Mike Garland. So um, you, you don't know what you're going to get. I will say this uh, to your point about kind of UIC being a little more intimidated by UIC than we should be at this point in time. You had a, you had UIC, the flames, they actually, um, they were in that, that Thursday game against green Bay. So, you know, there are going to be opportunities for them to surprise. They, there are going to be some opportunities um, just like there were last year. It's just, you know, like last year, I think it, it's just, they're just going to kind of come up a little short. And I, I think that's going to be, that, that, I think that might be the, the, the overriding theme for, for McLean at this point. Right. Um, UIC, what's, what's, what's good about UIC is that they have the, they have the infrastructure 
to really succeed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got the facilities. Sure. While the UIC Pavilion in and of itself, the UIC Pavilion may not seem like it's such a great deal. The fact of the matter is that the, that UIC is very much uh, a, a good facility. The facility, the pavilion's a great facility. Um, they have the practice facility where they run, where the uh, the NBA actually runs its scouting combine. Yes. Um, it's a big university that has 24,000 students. They're in Chicago, which as we, we, we bring it up frequently, but there's still no team that's really um, accepted that role as the, as the great program of Chicago. Oh. So there's still, there's still room to kind of take that mantle. Mm-hmm. So UIC has got the, they have the skeleton. They just have to, you know, get the right coach, maybe get the right athletic director put it together and move forward from there. Um, they've had the same AD for 20 years, Jim Schmidt. So it's mm-hmm. it, it is possible that Schmidt's just not, you know, the guy, but could be, could be, uh, I don't know. He, he interviewed to be our athletic director twice. So, well, that's not awkward. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like he actually, uh, when we hired Amanda Braun in 2013 to be our AD, he was actually um, he was actually a finalist, and we brought him in. Um, we, we brought him in, and he had to like put together a whole like package, like showing why he'd be a great AD for Milwaukee. And then just a few days later, he turns up that he's. He's, he's gonna. I'm gonna stay at UIC. So, who knows if he just whenever we have an AD opening that he just brings up that you know brings it up to try and get him you know, angle for an you know some kind of extension or sure. pay raise or something. Or if he really was trying to get our job, we do know that when we had hired Rick Costello in 2011, that Jim that well not not Jim Schmidt specifically, but somebody was a finalist mm-hmm. and uh, somebody had been a finalist for that job. And then dropped out for similar meetings before, before the finalists were announced. So mm-hmm. I, it makes you wonder if uh, if somebody like that maybe had been trying to be the athletic director at Milwaukee a couple times. Possibly. <laughs> uh, Possibly. It, it was it was implied to me that it wasn't the first time Jim Schmidt had tried to become our athletic director. So um, uh-huh. if I were you. I mean, if my conference rival in in many ways, arch rival is looking for, you know, looking to be, you know, looking to, if my AD is looking to move there, then I would, you know, kick him to the curb. And look at some of the fundraising that he's done. You know, the baseball stadium's great, but is that the fundraising that he's done or the fundraising that the baseball coaches did to get Curtis Granderson to put up that money? I think it was the latter. So I'm going to venture to guess it was too, because, you know, Curtis Granderson, of course, you know, he's still playing and he's doing. It's just, um, so you, I, I, I think UIC's problem is administrative. They, they have an athletic director that's kind of, he's been there for 20 years. Um, you know, granted, he's trying a lot of things. They added women's soccer a couple of years ago. You know, that's, that's good to try mm-hmm. and advantage of, you know, a sport that, Chicago excels at which is soccer and I mean the uh, uh, definitely the I think it's the Red Stars the women's soccer team the pro team actually has some support in the south side of Chicago so having UIC over there 
you know, getting into that sport, maybe not the worst thing in the world, but I, I just don't see it. And Steve McLean is a hire that it doesn't, um, he's, he's, he's been a head coach before. He's been a head coach at, in a bigger conference than the Horizon League. He was the head coach at Wyoming in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder, you know, is this a, is this like a second chance opportunity or what, what is it really? I mean, Steve McLean definitely has somewhat of a re- reputation um, on the recruiting trail, but I, I just I, I, I was expecting him to have it fixed a little quicker because they did have a really good recruiting class despite the fact that he just came in. And Dikembe Dick's a fantastic freshman basketball player. Absolutely. So I really is is I don't know what's going on. Do they just not have the talent at all? Or, you know, Steve McLean just not as good of an X as nose coach as maybe they were hoping. I think the big test is probably going to be on Monday when you got uh, UIC going up against Cleveland State because I, I think that's going to be – for him, I think that's going to be kind of the litmus test, really. Um, you know, yeah. you, you have to, you got two young teams going up against each other, and, you know, it's going to come down to – I really think it's going to come down to – um, who exactly is gonna, you know, who exactly is gonna step up? Because you know, you have on both sides, you have you have some, you know, really good freshmen. You got Dikembe Dixon on the UIC side. You, you have you know, Rob Edwards um, on the Cleveland State side. Um, I think it's gonna come down to a lot of different things, and up to and including coaching. I mean, you're gonna. I think it's speaking of programs where a lot of fans want to replace the head coach how okay. is cleveland um yeah you know what curry waters to be replaced it's going to um i i i was openly wondering um during the low points of the northern kentucky game yesterday um when when exactly a gofundme page to buy out his contract was going to come up I don't know if he's dirty to put together a GoFundMe page because he would be the guy, right? Probably, but um, Gary Waters is locked. Gary Waters is locked in until 2019. That's it. 2019. 2019. He's is he, he's like he's 63 now, right? Is He'll that be 69. How old he, is, he, he will be he will be 69 when the I believe when he gra- when when the when the contract expires. So. <laughs> He's about he's about sixty six now, sixty five. Yes. Yeah, um, that is quite up there. You know, this you may be kind of stuck with them for a while. No, is no, there no. A we, we are, we are. I mean, <laughs> you, you got to believe that this the, uh, the any kind of the buyout is going to be somewhere in the million dollar range. I would think if that was the case. Um, he's got like three hundred fifty a year, right? Yeah, something like that. You know, ballpark. Um, you know, plus incentives, obviously. Um, but you're looking at a situation where he's gonna get a pass this year. I already know that. I mean, the second that the second that Anton Grady and Trey Lewis transferred out of this program, he you knew he was gonna get an instant pass. For yeah, whatever happened, he's it. We, we we were we being uh, a couple of Milwaukee fans, and I, Paul Spacuza, who we will definitely have on this show at some point. Um, Paul and I were having a discussion about what you know what, what would this conference be if, and we each had to pick three things mm-hmm. about what, what what you know each three three schools where what if something had happened. 
We said, where what would the conference be right now if if Young or if Cleveland State hadn't lost, um, you know, Anton Grady and and Trey Lewis, you know, Anton Trey Lewis and Bryn Forbes too, which people keep seem to keep forgetting. You know, what, oh, where no, would we, they be? We keep if, reminding ourselves every damn time that we have a chance. Yeah, every if, damn if Bryn time. Forbes, for one, Oakland, Oakland would have beat. Michigan State in that basketball game. That's true. Because Bryn Forbes out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Cleveland State would be top two, top three teams at worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd be, be talking about just a, just a heck of a conference. Um, obviously, obviously, the other ones was what if what if instead of adding Northern Kentucky, we had subtracted Youngstown State. But I, I suppose I could make an entire season of podcasts where I talk about why we need to cut Youngstown State, but. It, 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 it seems like that's going to be a running theme, so I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, as the table, please cut Youngstown State from the conference. <laughs> Subtitle for the Roundtable podcast. Okay, um, but I want to get on, I want to get on the on on the air and say say that at least once not you know it doesn't have to be today but i really want to just dive into why do we have this program in here um there's, there's nothing wrong with youngstown state it's just um they they're not a fit for us that's all that's all i'm saying well i mean we can we can delve into it after the uh after the game next next sunday cleveland state and youngstown state are going to play in the queue that game's going to be in the queue Yes. Well, you, you're going to need to play that game in the queue because you don't want to – you obviously don't want to, you know, I mean, that's – you got an overflow crowd. You're going to well, need to yeah. have No, Jesus. <laughs> um, people for that game. You know that, we're, that, that Cleveland's going to bring a bunch of people for that game. I mean, it's basically like a Cavaliers finals game. So – you're going to want to make sure that you have the queue ready and available for that big rivalry. Yes, the rivalry that uh, the rivalry that I that I wish would would be and is never has been. Um, and that's pretty much it. To your point, and this is and again, this is going to be the only time we talk about this because I am so bloody sick of hearing about. Oh my God, we lost this guy. We lost that guy. Guys, come on. Get the hell over it already. This is what you have right the fuck now. Okay? No, seriously. I'm so tired of listening to the freaking navel-gazing about these two guys that left and the third guy who left last year. Okay? They're gone. End of fucking discussion. How about that? And it's a, it's I mean, to I mean, and if you're, you're going to, if you guys are, and, and if you, you know, you, if, if you have a fan base that's going to say no way, you know, it, it, you know, well, these guys aren't here, then we're just going to go away. Okay, fine. So be it. Not the first time that's happened in the history of Cleveland state basketball, but this is the only time I'm going to address the what if the only time. So make sure that you, you have that in there. Um, and if you're looking to think about what could have been at young at Cleveland State, the only time here's what is going to here's what would have happened. Here's probably what have would have happened if all three of these guys would have stayed. Valpo would still win the conference. <laughs> That's it. 
you know, you're probably and they'd probably still have, they'd probably still be having, they probably still would be fighting for, they'd even be fighting for second place because I think Oakland probably would be fighting with them head to head, you know, just based on that. All right. And so, I mean, that's, and, you know, you look at it, you, you see, and with that in mind, you see that you see you can see the reasoning behind it. I can see the reasoning behind it. I don't like it, but I see the reasoning behind it. Trey Lewis, he's going to he's going to he's going to Louisville. Of course, much bigger exposure, opportunity to play in front of large crowds, opportunity to play in the Big East, opportunity. I'm sorry, the ACC. My mistake. Sorry, sorry, Big East. Um, but an opportunity to um, get the exposure. He's not going to get at Cleveland state because Cleveland state can't uh, can, can't even crack 2000 freaking people a game and didn't when he was there and didn't when Anton was there. I don't know. I, I, and I, Anton and Anton, the same thing. I mean, you're looking at, you're, you're looking at a solid program like Wichita state. Absolutely. You have two programs that, you know, no matter what they are front runners to be in the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, you have a Cleveland state team that, you have a Cleveland state team that is under no circumstances guaranteed anything. Right. And so, you know, that's it. That's it. And then, um, and I don't want to say, you know, I, I, and they graduated, they, they graduated, they finished their, they finished their degrees. They are actually Cleveland state graduates. And so I wish them well, and that's it. I mean, but, but you get to the point where, you know, you're, you're, we're, we're, f- you know, five, six games into the conference season now, you know, four or five games into the conference season already. All right. And you, and at some point in time, you got to stop. I mean, and I, we got to get to a point where we're seeing, you know, we, we got to get past this eventually because, you know, they're not coming back. Uh, they may, The only time they're going to come back is probably to go see the game or potentially be on the coaching staff. Those are the only two times that's it. There is no third option. What 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 bothers me about it is twofold. When people take when fans take things so personally, and I used to do this because so so this is probably partly me talking to younger Jimmy Lemke. But when you when you take transfers so personally, uh, everybody has their own personal reason for doing it. And like as you said, these kids did graduate, so you are knocking your own alumni, whether or not they finished playing for you or not is, you know, it's up to them. It's part of their, their lives and their decisions they have to make for themselves. So uh, I don't know about exposure as much as playing a higher level of talent over a longer number of games, because if you have the talent, the scouts are going to find you, whether you're talking European scouts or you're talking about NBA scouts, the scouts are going to find you. If you're good enough to be there, then you're you're not going to get lost in the Horizon League. Obviously, Norris Cole went to the NCAA tournament once, had had two games of the NCAA tournament. They still found him. Yes, and of course that's, they did. That's, that's that's it's not that exposure to me so much as maybe the 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 level of talent. On yeah, the yeah. other side of the coin, what is it? What does it say to your to players you have currently on your roster? You know, what, is it, what does it say to, you know, a guy who's still around, 
who maybe has given a whole lot of personal time to playing basketball with the name of your school on his chest. You know, he, you know, a guy, uh, pick any one of those guys that's still on that roster. And what does that say to them? If, if you're not, you decide you're not going to renew your tickets because with the Cleveland state lost some fifth year transfer. Like that's just, it's, it's to me, it's rude. It's rude. And you showing that it's not about being so much as, saying, you know, having your input and having your two cents heard. There's it, it's it's not about the players. It's about you. So if 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 you can't deal with a guy making a personal decision for himself like that, then maybe perhaps you shouldn't be a fan of Cleveland State basketball because frankly, they don't need to have a guy like that. People who are willing to just throw the baby out with the bathwater anytime somebody decides that Cleveland State may not be the best decision for them. And it's one of the reasons I love Milwaukee because we've had players transfer out with three years left of eligibility. We've had guys, I mean, uh, there are a couple guys, I um, just to bring up one, Roman Gentry played a year here and transferred and played play his last three years of eligibility or last two or three years of eligibility at um, he played him at South Dakota, and I still see, I still hear from Roman Gentry. I, I, I talk to him. He still got, you know, I, I talk to him. I know our players still talk to him. A lot of these guys, you know, he, he they're still around. He's still around, and that didn't change just because he decided that Milwaukee wasn't the best spot for him at the time. And it's good because you get guys that have graduated from other schools and they keep coming back. And that shows these players who are here that, look, it may have not worked out for them personally, but they love being here. Mm-hmm. They love being part of Milwaukee, part of that program. So you, sh- so you should see what they love. Yeah. You know, what, they're willing to be here afterwards, even though they didn't graduate from the university. So that's what I would say to the guys at Cleveland State who are getting on waters for, you know. The- well, I'll take it one more. I'll take it one step further. And this is, um, and this probably is more overriding of whatever the hell's going on in, uh, with, with Cleveland sports in general. There is the argument, and it may be a valid one, that you, you get to a point where Cleveland State gets to, and they were at, at this point a couple of times last year, because remember that Cleveland State was in the first place, it was, was, you know, it was this close, this close to hosting the Horizon League tournament, and they couldn't win, they couldn't win the big game. It, and, and, and the argument is, well, they couldn't win the big game, why should we report them? Well, excuse me, you're the same damn town that roots for the F- Browns all the time, so what are we talking about here? I mean, what is the dif- what is the inherent difference between the Cle- between Browns fandom and Cleveland State fandom? Seriously, what is the difference? The Browns are a dumpster fire. At least with Cleveland State, you have the off chance of having a winning season, and you have multiple years. So, I mean, you 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 get to the point where you just you know. It's it, it's frustrating to me because you you don't know you know you have this this fan base that kind of 
contracts and expands at will, it seems. And it contracts and expands basically based upon, you know, the win-loss record, which, you know, thanks, that's awesome. I mean, I think the, the best the best analogy I can make is pretty much, you know, that fandom and, you know, the Cleveland Indians because they have the same problem. You know, they, they have, they have the same problem as it relates to, you know, people showing up to the uh, people showing up to progressive field. I mean, yeah, I, talking in terms of, in terms of pro sports, I, I, I don't, I don't really like saying it because I think they're kind of two different, two different worlds, but Cleveland state, just to talk about it in terms of other schools in that, in that state, and the big one obviously is Ohio State. You know what separates Ohio State with Cleveland State? Yes, millions and millions of dollars. Hundred million dollars budget. Yes. Are we talking about a stadium that's filled with people? Yes. But what what's going to separate Ohio State from from these people is look at what's going on with Ohio State basketball. They're having somewhat of a down year. I just like to point out that Maryland and Maryland is a common opponent for both Cleveland state and Ohio state, by the way, um, Cleveland state, I believe lost by about 18, I believe was the uh, final score. Ohio state lost to them a hundred a hundred to 65 yesterday. They lost yeah. by 35 points. And so, it, it could have been much worse too. The worst, uh, the worst loss in the Thad Mata era, I might add. Yeah. And one, one games doesn't, doesn't, you know, show. I'm sure that if Cleveland State and Ohio State played on a neutral floor, that you know we would have, it, you know, the, our Vikings would have a difficult time winning that game. Well, they're but, having a difficult time winning a lot of games this year, so maybe not that. Maybe this year isn't the best example. The reason I bring up Ohio State is because what makes Ohio State different from Cleveland is that even when things are rough, people don't abandon them. And yes, you're talking about more people, but you can't build a fan base if the second going gets tough, the the weak jump off. The tough get going, yes, but the tough get going with the program. You know, Cleveland State is never going to grow as a program if people like well, I don't, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but if people decide to make a big deal out of not renewing season tickets or. Which, that I mean, we have that we have so few season ticket holders that when you have somebody bail, uh, openly bail on their season tickets and everybody knows about it, that that we have that few of them is also kind of saddening. I mean, that's uh. it's it's unfortunate. And but what I'm what I want to bring up, and yeah, I'm talking about John Durda specifically, <laughs> and that that about other people. Sorry, John, that, you knew this was going to happen, bro. <laughs> I know you're a fan. You still pay attention. You still go to games. He actually but, went. He, he actually went to the Northern Kentucky game, as it turns out. The the problem with oh yeah, and he he sent me a picture of how beautiful their arena is, which it is. But I oh, wanted yeah. I wanted to say the there's nothing he could have done for the the growth of the Cleveland State program. There's nothing that John Durda specifically could have done that would have been worse than what he did do, which was show everybody in the world 
who knows John Durda, which I'm sure there are plenty of people who know who John Durda is. And if you don't, he probably has liked a tweet of yours at one point in time in your life. One point in time. Try like every point in time ever tweeted anything whatsoever. I got a John Durda favorite and now like on Twitter. But, 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 you know, I told him not to do that. I blocked him because he kept doing that. (laughs) I blocked him for doing that. He doesn't, he doesn't like any of my stuff anymore. For good reason. When Mr. Prockville in Cleveland decides that he's not going to renew his season tickets as some gesture to the university that some things need to be done. What things are you talking about? Do you want do you want a guy do you want waters to recruit players that wouldn't consider transferring for a fifth year? Because then you're talking about you're talking about dropping the level of talent of the player. <laughs> number one or or are you saying that you want them to fire waters you know th- those are things that you're saying to cleveland state but what are you saying to your the, the people who know you you know I, I there are a lot of people who know who i am around milwaukee like and i'm not saying i'm not tooting my horn i'm not saying that I, that i'm famous in any way i'm saying i have a lot of friends and a lot of family and I've crossed a lot of you know, a lot of groups of people in the area, and I'm somewhat of an, a, a larger, a huge ego and a larger than life kind of personality, and a, with a booming voice, and I'm just a giant dude. So a lot of people know me. What would it say if uh, you know I didn't want to, I didn't renew my season tickets with Milwaukee because I have some thing with Rob Jeter, or I think the university you know, needs to do this, there needs to do that. What, what does that say? It doesn't say anything about, it doesn't, it doesn't put any pressure on program because at the end of the day, you know, Rob Jeter still has this contract. Mm-hmm. As is I'm, Gary Waters. I'm very much a Rob Jeter guy. So don't ever expect me to be like a guy who, no, would, you know, <laughs> well, I, my, my point is that, all you're doing is saying to all the people that know you that are not Cleveland State people, all it does is say Cleveland State's so unimportant that somebody who is recognized as the super fan. Oh, God. And th- you know what? That's another damn thing. Unbelievable. The, the, that, 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 hey, that is – no. I mean, I, I, I got to interject on that one because, um, come on. I mean, super fan, come on. <laughs> I, I've I've heard that abuse that word abused enough already. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I said, was it last week or last month? I, I, I said the super fan moniker would be attached to Phil if Phil was John's size and you know had his. Phil is infinitely voice. more low key. I'm I'm pretty sure yeah. Phil. I think pretty sure Phil's blocked me already. I'm I don't know. But. Phil is one of my favorite people. On social media, because whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, he's always making me laugh, and I'm 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 a big fan of Phil. Well, my, my, what, I'm, what I'm saying though is that like it feels so great. But what what I'm saying is that all you're doing is showing people how expendable Cleveland State is, and how easy it is that even if even the super fan doesn't care about it cares so little that he's willing to stop his season tickets. You just showed everybody in Cleveland how unimportant Cleveland state is with that move right there. 
I thought it was I thought it was straight up bush league for somebody who cares <laughs> so much about the program that you're willing to travel to northern Kentucky, which granted you're basically in the same state, but you're on opposite ends of it. You know, you, all all you're saying is what you care about isn't important. That's nobody's going to hear what you want. You want them to hear about Gary waters or about recruiting or about support from the university. You know, there's, there's nobody's going to hear that. All they're going to hear is that, Oh, the super fan didn't renew his season tickets, man. CSU is on such a downturn that even the guy who will watch Cleveland state basketball normally won't even like stick around. So what, what is it to Joe blow who lives, you know, who who lives on the outside outskirts of town and maybe went to Cleveland state. What does it say to them? Or what does it say to, you know, some, the students that are there right now that maybe happened upon that? Cause I, I, I'll be honest. I, 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 I had a lot of people that were like, Oh, Oh, Hey, did you hear that? The, the, the Cleveland state super fan that Prockville's not going to games anymore. You season tickets. Like, yeah. Yeah. I heard. Well, um, I, heard I will say this, by the way, um, that that particular article no longer exists, um, period. It doesn't. I will tell well, you that good. much right now. Yeah, it, it doesn't exist on the Internet anymore because the Cleveland Leader, as you may know, is no longer um, is no longer publishing. So um, to me, what was the Cleveland? that an actual like physical paper? No, no, no. It was an online. It was an online media site. Um, it did pretty good for for a few years, and then, you know, you know, things happen. So, you know, that's that's kind of how it goes. I mean, you know, it's the internet, man. It's uh, you know, <laughs> things come, things go. You know. Yeah, that, that, definitely. I mean, we definitely the Horizon definitely got its name from uh, from a venture that didn't yeah, so work out either. Uh, we made give something similar a shot in the near future, but yeah, like you said, things happen. So exactly. But really to gl- your, again, to your point, I don't think um, it, the, where we're at right now, it's, it's not even a matter of, to me, I, I kind of go beyond the whole, that whole episode, that whole incident. Um, because to me, I mean, cause I'm, I'm seeing it all the time. I don't see it from a standpoint of, you know, what, what, you know, why, you know, I I think of it as this for two things. A, um, first of all, why is one fan so important? I mean, you know, we have so few, we have so few of them at Cleveland State, and this is where I come out from. And this is something that I have kind of, I have kind of thought of for years that, um, when you have a fan base, your fan base is not should not be, you know, more than one guy. OK, you know, you have some exceptions to the rule, mind you. But overall, you know, if one guy goes, the fandom isn't supposed to go with him. So no matter what the announcement was or whatever was posted or whatever was published, you know, I'm not really getting in. I'm not going to really get on John's case for that. I'm not going to do that because he's not, it's not like, it's not like he's, it's not like he's the only person who's ever done. It's not like he's the only person who's ever done it. He may be one of the few people who's done it as publicly as he has done. And obviously he was, he, he, you know, he had an accomplice in that, that being the Cleveland leader, but it's not something that we're looking at that from a standpoint of, you know, 
you know, John's gone. Oh dear God, what are we going to do? Cause we got way bigger problems than just one guy. And yeah, to, to your other point of the student and to your other point of the student body, um, what he's, what he, you know, what this one guy has to say, truth be told, you know, as far as social media is concerned, really has no bearing because, you know, I, I look at this all the time. I'm looking at this all the time and I've made multiple comments about this that you have, um, look at any game day, any game day for Cleveland state. And there's only ever a handful of people, you know, tweet, uh, tweeting about it. I'm not on Facebook. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter. So, and I'm looking at it from a standpoint of, well, you know, nobody's on there anyway. So, so what John tweeted something about him not renewing his tickets. So what somebody wrote something about him not renewing his tickets, nobody's paying attention. And to me that, that signifies a much larger problem a much larger problem, an institutional problem, I might add, that goes far beyond whatever John did, whatever John did. I mean, that's, that's all, you know, and the, and to one, one last thing, and this is actually, you know, to, to one other thing. Um, and I don't remember when exactly um, the, I, when he decided not to renew his tickets came up, Um from a financial standpoint, if you are a season ticket holder and, you know, if you're a season ticket holder and two of your games are non-Division One teams, um, I guess it makes some sort of financial sense not to have to pay full price to go see two non-Division One teams, which Cleveland State had to do this year. I mean, you know, that's, I, I, I don't want to, you know, again, you know, I don't want to kind of downgrade the loss of a, you know, the, the loss of a season ticket holder. Cleveland State doesn't have that many, but you know, what is the, what is the solution to keeping them into the fold? I think there, I think what they were trying to do is with, and I think that the answer that they seem to have is the games at Quicken Loans Arena. That's apparently kind of the 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 incentive to try to hook them back. Is that is that it worked? <laughs> are those Cleveland those quick and loans arena? Doesn't that seem like more like maybe these quick the the people with the Cavs are just really better at promoting basketball, and that maybe that maybe we can you know help have their help to really promote the product. I don't know. I because as we mentioned as I mentioned last week. Um, if I understand it correctly, the, the Quicken Loans Arena Cavs holding company, um, Len Komorowski, who's the uh, president of that whole shebang, um, the, the agreement was to get, you know, for, for Quicken Loans Arena um, to handle the, you know, handle the sales and marketing of the games for both Quicken Loans Arena and, and all events at, at the Wolstein Center now. Uh, that's, that's my understanding. And so, um, what has gone, what has transpired after that time, it remains a mystery to me, especially when I know, and I actually know, you know, the way that sales and marketing machine, you know, how, you know, how really, 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 in, you know, good that team is. What does it say that one of the best sales and marketing teams in the city can't sell Cleveland State? And maybe it doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, maybe they, they're, they are understanding what many others have tried to, 
tried to attempt before. This is probably the, obviously this may be the most ambitious thing, but you know, still. I don't know. I don't, um, I don't, uh, I don't buy that Cleveland state is unsellable. And- it's not. I mean, that, and that's the other thing too. And it's not as if there is, it's not that as if there is not a, an audience to tap. I mean, if there wasn't an audience to tap Cedar point would not be wanting to, would, would not even bother with them because they're, they're the primary sponsor for, you know, the, for the, for the television games. Um, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of holdover sponsors still. I mean, they're there. I mean, you know, they're there. They, they can see the value of it. I can see the value of it. The problem is the people that you would want to have see the value of it. They're not there. They don't exist. It's, and then they turn around and look at the, you know, they, then you get into the turnaround, turn around and look at the actual product and it's obviously not great this year. It's not doing very well. It's a it's a long, slow, painful process. And um, I, I think of it as getting in on the ground floor. But you know, I'm clearly in the minority on that one. I think what what we need to keep in mind is that everybody everybody who listens to this that's a Cleveland State fan, and this 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 applies to all the oh, other. Oh, we probably pissed schools. off like all of them. So. <laughs> Well, it's okay. Nice seeing but, you guys. But everybody, everybody who's a fan of any one of these Horizon League programs, you know, you all, you all care. You yeah. care about the program, and you want to not have to have, you know, be the only fans at these games. You want to be. You want to have more people there. And Wright State benefits from there not being a whole lot to do in Fairborn, Ohio in Dayton in the Dayton area to begin with. So so Rice State's always gonna have, you know, fairly decent attendance. And you know, whether we're talking about Milwaukee or UIC or Cleveland State or Youngstown State, what 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 has to happen is that you have to the the, the programs have to be sold. And I've seen this at Milwaukee and I've seen this at other schools uh, by looking at their marketing stuff. I, I think that a lot of people who come into marketing at mid-major universities kind of look at it like being a mini high major where this high major has, you know, we, we should treat marketing like we would if we were at a mini high major being we'll do the same exact thing that you do for marketing a high major, except for the mid major, we just won't have enough money to do it. So we'll pick and choose some smaller things, you know, where we can spread out, we can use our, figure out where to use our money better. And I think that's the, the wrong approach. I think the, the right approach to marketing these programs is getting down on a real personal level with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I bring up Steve Fisher. So Steve Fisher was the head coach at Mar- Michigan. Uh, he had San Diego yeah. state, right? He was an interim head coach at Michigan and won the national title in 89. He became the, they got their interim tag ripped off for obvious reasons. Um, he then took Michigan, or he then took Michigan basketball and recruited the fab five Had Perry Watson as an assistant who then was at Detroit forever. Um, and Mike so, Boy too, who was at Cleveland State for not as much time. Yeah, so the the, the Michigan people, and oh, as well as uh, what's his face from there was a guy at UIC who was one of the assistants uh, for the Fab Five Michigan team. Not Jimmy uh, Collins, was it? No, not Jimmy Collins. Jimmy Collins was at Illinois. Yeah. In the Fab Five time, yeah. but um, 
but with you know UIC had an assistant last year under Howard Moore who was an assistant, or he might have been a Dobo or something for the Fab Five team. But um, so Steve Fisher left after the Fab Five got all their stuff vacated. He got kind of he ended up not being able to recruit after that because of all the sanctions and the stigma surrounding the program. So he ended up flaming out and the athletic, there, there was a new athletic director at San Diego state at the time. This is about 2000, 2001. And he was hiring his first head coach for men's basketball. And he had been at Michigan with Steve Fisher. So he called Steve Fisher, Fisher hemmed and hot about it. Do I want to go and do I want to pick up my kids? Cause the kids were all like about, you know, in their early teens or around 10. He's like, do I want to pick up my family and move them, you know, at this point in their lives you know, cross country for what is most definitely a reclamation project. And that project is definitely, you know, it was San Diego state and Mm -hmm. you can, you know, you get a lot of people that will think of San Diego state now and it's not what that program was. No. When Steve Fisher and that AD first came in, they were averaging about a thousand fans a game. You're talking about what you're talking about Cleveland state. You're talking about Cleveland state. You're talking about, uh, to you know, less fans than are uh, than are put together at all these schools: Milwaukee, UIC, even I mean, I mean, even Youngstown State technically gets more fans at games than San Diego State was when when Steve Fisher took over as coach. And what made it different was that Steve Fisher and that athletic director spent the first year putting together a team. Yes, but. They put together. They they went out into the community. The two of them. They went out into the community. They went into the dorms. They went into classrooms. They went into lecture halls. They went into coffee shops by campus. They went all over the place. They were everywhere, and they were connecting on a personal level. And the message was the same: We're building. We want to build San Diego State into a power program, and we want you to be a part of it. We need we need all hands on deck. So Steve Fisher, you I mean you can imagine a guy like Steve Fisher, a basketball coach with a national title in his hands, walking into a Starbucks and sitting down and talking to whoever will listen. You know, basketball is a sport that a lot of people like. A lot of people love basketball. There's a there's a reason that people, you know, pack pack the Value City Arena. There's a reason that people pack certain places. Just because, you know, other, other arenas. It's because the sport itself, basketball, is fantastic. And these schools, you know, at these schools, that is the representative of the basketball, of that sport. So Steve Fisher was able to really put it together and get people interested in San Diego State by connecting with them on a personal level. And I feel, I feel like in our conference, we really haven't done, done that. No. Um, Butler has has the, had the benefit of being the best college in town in Indianapolis. Um, a lot of us have problems with that. You know, there's no NBA team in Dayton, so you know the Dayton Flyers are the de facto number one basketball team. So Wright State is the number two. Uh, in Milwaukee, we've got the Bucks, and then we've got Marquette on top of us. Cleveland State, you have the Cavs, but it's LeBron. You know, you you have. Well, here's the to your point of that. And now keep in mind too that again, you know, yeah, but there was four years he wasn't here. And more to the point, 
there was a time where the Cavs weren't great. And this was this was 2010, 2011. You're talking pre. You're talking even pre Kyrie Irving. So yeah, you have I'm, 2010, I'm, I'm, 2011, where you have North Coles last year. Um, and then 2011, 2012, you remember that they had the first year of the strike too. I mean, the the, the strike was pretty much you know all encompassing. I think they didn't start playing until what January or something. Yeah. So, um, and I don't. And again, this kind of goes back to does it? I mean, if you to your point of you know just being a basketball fan, you know what does it say? I mean, when there is basketball presented to you. And this is in 2011, 2010, 2011, and 2011, 2012. These, are, these were two NIT teams that Cleveland State had. What does it say when you have – and they, didn't, they did very, very well at the Wolstein Center for those two years. But what does it say right. from a pure basketball standpoint that you have this basketball team who does very well at home, in college, you know, a college team that does very well at home, and you don't have a, either a good basketball team in the Cavs or no basketball at all during the strike. What does it say that you still don't want to go to this team? Unless, of course, Valpo or Butler is playing. I mean, how many people would you get if, uh, if for like a Valpo game? At um, this year, I don't know. It's, that's also at the Quicken Loans Arena, by the way. What, is it, what has it been in the past? Um, it depends. Um, I think we got about, I think last year, I think it was, um, last year, I cannot remember. I think it was, oh, last year was probably, I think it was 4,500, 5,000 for that game. I think, I think, um, well, no. And, and this is another thing too. And this is also, you know, when the other argument is that you don't get enough big teams coming in, blah, 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 blah. West Virginia came in in 2000 during the 2009-2010 season. 5,000 people showed up to that game. Again, yeah. to that game. So, when you talk when we talk about well we don't play anybody, you know, we don't play anybody big at the Wolstein Center. Well, yeah, when we did, even then they didn't really, you know, even then there wasn't really, you know, well, that- to be to be to be sure, when I'm talking about getting people off for games, uh, you, you start about a thousand people. Well, that's about what you're averaging or so, sure. truthfully. Um, you start there and you build. You build to where you're good, and you've built up to three thousand fans. So you get about three thousand fans in the building when you're having the best season. Oh no, I was I was way off. By the way, thirty-one seventy-one was the attendance for Cleveland State Valpo last year. Okay, and that was and that was a battle for first place in the conference. So. You get the people. You get people in town. You get the. You get the people to the games. They enjoy themselves, and you get them to. You you build upon it. You build it to where the point where you you're averaging that three thousand a year. Maybe it's a year after an NCAA tournament year or something, or maybe you just do a really good job of marketing the program and you get three thousand out. No wait, I'm sorry. I was I was looking at fourteen. I'm sorry. I was looking at fourteen. I was looking at the. Uh, the thirteen fourteen, my mistake. That was completely different. It was um, no the because they lost fifty six to fifty three, and it was um, no this time around. I'm sorry, I said thirty one seventy one. That was that was fourteen fifteen. Forty one thirty three was last year. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, but again, you 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 take in, you take that into consideration 
But you also take into consideration the Wolstein Center that even with that curtain up, it's still 8,500 seats. Well, the curtain is just another reminder that Cleveland State doesn't fill its own building. And it's also a reminder that nobody within the administration has any clue what to do with that building. None whatsoever. It's like an annual argument. So, um, if there were four thousand seats or five thousand seats, I think you'd be in pretty good. You'd be in pretty good shape. All right, let's let's wrap this up then. Um, all right, so so that should about wrap it up for us. <laughs> um, we got a little far afield on the whole Cleveland State thing that you know you knew eventually it was going to happen. I was hoping it wasn't going to be episode three, but you know whatever. <laughs> Sorry, rest of the Horizon League. You knew this was coming at some point in time. <laughs> well, it's okay. I mean, it's it's worth it's worth talking about. I mean, this is a it's a it's a show about all the Horizon League teams. So, I think we have to talk about ourselves, um, you know, at least somewhat. And I think a lesson that the rest of the Horizon League can take, you know, the rest and these are fans mostly that are talking, is that you got to support what you have, no matter what kind of team you guys put on the court because what if you guys aren't supporting it then nobody's supporting it and and more to the point students it's your money you're subsidizing this yeah especially at cleveland state (laughs) 11 million dollars go go see everything yes do that that's an incredible amount of money you I, think? In fact, I had an idea not that not, maybe like seven or eight years ago. I, I tried sharing it with athletics, and it kind of got shouted down. Um, my idea was that we should we should give freshmen uh, a pack of either season tickets or vouchers for season tickets that show on there that you have you have one you you have spent this money to to support this athletic program specifically for these tickets you know so how, how much does a student spend every year on on ticket uh, on athletics in, in segregated fees what's the cost to a student bob um i don't know I, all right at milwaukee in milwaukee including the including the basketball f- uh, practice facility fee uh, as well as the uh, excuse me the athletics facilities fee and the regular athletic segregated fee it's about $140 per semester per full-time student that goes towards athletics if we have 14 home games in a year that's $10 a ticket so i would pu- i would put down a voucher on there i would say your your money has already gone to these season tickets how about you show up for these games? This is your voucher to get into a game free. And these freshmen won't know that they're already going to be getting into the games free. So when you give them the voucher, maybe they won't question it. Maybe they will. And somebody will tell them, well, games have always been free and then you're out of luck. But perhaps maybe just maybe you'll get to the point where, they will take what they have seriously. They'll take their athletics fee seriously. I'm not so sure, but it's worth a trot. So <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just, it was just an idea that I had, and 
it got shouted down. But the, the sure. idea is that you, you give them a physical piece of paper or a physical, you know, not a ticket because I hear there's like some, at least for us, there's some actual costs mm-hmm. with tickets, not just regular paper, but showing them physically that they spend $140 a semester on, on basket, on basketball. So here's your ticket to prove that. Yeah. So here's your, here's your 40, here's your $10 per ticket. If you don't use it, that's a waste of $10 and you're just going to do that all the time. There's no refunds because it's part of your student fees, but here you go. All right. Well, so, all right. Idea. I'd love to do, a, I'd love to put together a lot of things, but uh, to, to see what we can all do to better attendance. But really what I just want to say to everybody as we wrap up is that support your team and don't stop bringing your friends to games. Don't stop bringing your family to games just because you're having a down year. The down year is when they need you the most, because if you're gone, then everybody's gone and you're starting from square one. And then when you come back, it's just, it's, it just doesn't, it's not going to be what you want it to be. So please, by all means, no matter what the, what the season looks like, keep coming to games because without you, these programs are lost. So make sure that you always support the program because you are the program coaches, administrators, players. They are all stewards of your program. At the end of the day, it's still your program. So own it. It's your program. You are the owners of it. So that's all I wanted to say on that. And I, I figure that's a good, good enough spot as I need to wrap it up. And we'll be back next week. Um, as always, you know, come see us on uh, fourlights.fm. Um, click on our shows. Bunch of great shows over there. Uh, or find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. I'm a huge fan of the SEC football show, by the way. The SEC show is fantastic. Th- those guys will be extremely happy to hear that. SEC 411, another one of the Four Lights FM podcasts. Go check it out. And, of Thanks. course, you guys keep checking our stuff out. So, And make sure you, make sure when, when you see Bob or I, myself tweet about it, RT it, you know, retweet that stuff. Yeah. And, and get that stuff out there so people will see it and people will subscribe because the more subscribers we have – the more we're going to be able to put into the business. So please subscribe, help us out and, you know, help out your own programs too. So yeah, thanks for and, and, and there's always a hope that I'll be less of a jackass in future episodes. So keep that up. I don't know if there's much hope for that. Probably not. So, all right, well, we'll, go, we'll wrap this up and we'll see you guys. We'll see everybody next week.